Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shear. Unfortunately, this week's dedication is a little um, of a so little touching time. Dedicating this week, little Nishmas, a little girl, one-year-old child, Rivka, Shalom, Bas, Rav Menachemendel, Hakoyin, Shlita, Shiyichia. Tragic, tragic accident took place in Brazil. Rivka fell into the pool somehow. Rachmanelitzlan. So we are dedicating little Nishmasa tonight's year. Our heart goes out to the Kantsapolsky family, the Ender family. Shem should send them Nechoma, Simchas, Nachas, all the other children and grandchildren, and some great-grandchildren. There's no words. Vayidim Aaron, it says, when he heard about his two sons, or saw his two sons being burnt, Aaron remained silent. Not a simple task. No one should ever be tested with such a task. We are now after a Sarabatevis. Therefore, we are within 30 days of Tes Shvat, of Yud Shvat. Sarabatevis, 30 days before Asir Bishvat, Yud Shvat as it's known. This year, as the Vyat marks 70 years, the Stalkus of the Friedrich Rebbe and Tavshin Yud. Seventy years in essence once the Stalkus although the Rebbe only accepted the mantle in Tashir Aleph but basically everyone knew that the Rebbe was going to be or was the leader people were already asking questions people were already talking to the Rebbe the Rebbe was being honored with the same respect for the most part by most people already from Tavshin Yud on. So it now becomes 70 years. The Rebbe's Nesias. To which, of course, as we all know, boasts the thousands and thousands of Shluchim around the world. Every corner, every nook and cranny. And there are still Shluchim going out today. Yud Shvart, therefore, is a very special day. And the Rebbe asked many times that we prepare ourselves for Yud Shvart properly. The preparation for Yud Shvart, actually the Rebbe insisted that people 
go to their Mashpia to their Rav, learn a certain topic and get tested every ten days. Three different tests. And those results be written to the Rebbe the day before Yushvat or on Yushvat. The Rebbe took these tremendous bundles and bundles to the ale to report to the Rebbe referred to him his Rebbe. What preparations do we have for Yudshvat? There are many, many sikhs, my modern of the Rebbe's talks in English, my modern in English, or any other given different language, myriad, myriad of languages undertake one, two, ideally seventy but not practically. It's almost like a New Year's resolution if you take on 70. And therefore, if you take on even one Sikha, one Sefer of the Rebbe's to devote and to learn during this time as preparation for Yudshvat, welcome Atlanta. So you only missed the introduction of this year. You're Okay. This week is Shabbos Parshas Vayichi. Shabbos Chazak of Chumash Bereshis. After toiling week after week with Bereshis, with Neach, Lech Lechol, living with Avram Avinu, from Lech Lechol to Vayera, Chayesara, and then Yitzchak and Teldis, etc., we are now coming to the culmination of the Sefer, which we spoke so many times about, the Siyam of Sefer Bereshis. We spoke in the Nost Chilosan Vesefan, Vesefan Mitchilosan, how they too connect the beginning and the end of the Shumish. even the beginning of the Chumash and the Haftarah of Vayichi, which is the last thing that we're going to read, are two connected, although the Haftarah is usually our Novi, so how would we connect it with a Pasha and a Tera? The Haftarah talks about the passing of Dover HaMelech, and we know that Dover HaMelech had an Neshama that had no years. Adam Arishan was to live a thousand years, he only lived for 930, he gave 70 years to Adam, to Dover HaMelech. And therefore, the Pada Chumash Bereshis begins with the creation of Adam Arishan and ends with the passing of Dover HaMelech, completing the cycle of the thousand years mm-hmm. of Adam Arishan on this world. So, not only the Parsha itself, but the Chumash itself, but even the Chumash with the Haftarah. And we know the Chazak of Vayichi, and we'll talk about Mehat Shem Lineder, Vayomos Yosef, the passing of Yosef HaTzadik. Why it's repeated twice, the passing of Yosef. The brothers had come down to Mitzrayim, we've been discussing the past few weeks of the Mitzrayim, the visit in Egypt of the brothers, 
discussing with Yosef and the forgiveness of Yosef. <coughs> Last week we discussed the reunion of Yaakov and Yosef. And now in Vayechi, we are discussing the final days of Yaakov Avinu, the blessings that he bestows upon his children, but the beginning of the parsha, the children that he, dis- that he bestows blessings are Ephraim and Menashe. Whereas Shvatim came from them, they made tribes, they were made part of his tribes, but yet... They were grandchildren. That too we will discuss. Yet Hashem, how they out of all the grandchildren were chosen <coughs> to be part of the Shifta Youth King. We need to understand though, Yaakov was brought down to Mitzrayim, the mission that Yosef had in Mitzrayim and the mission that Yaakov had in Mitzrayim. Yaakov was very duly impressed, actually, how much Yosef accomplished in Mitzrayim, living in Egypt all those years, veritably on his own, raising a family on his own. In complete righteousness. But now there's a new sheriff in town. Yehuda comes and opens the yeshiva. Yaakov Avinu is here. Does Yosef fade into the woodworks? Does Yosef try to up them one showmanship? We find that Yosef gave everyone the due respect that everyone deserved. He was Mishnah Lamelech, he was second in command of Egypt, but yet he gave the due respect that everyone had coming them. They tell a story of a baker in Yerushalayim. I forget the name of his bakery. It was a very famous bakery. And after many years, somebody decided to open up another bakery in competition. In direct competition to him. So as the man was setting up shop, he went across the street. No, he didn't offer to buy him out. He went across the street and he says to the man, Rabbi Shalom Aleichem, I hear you opening a bakery. He says, yes. Let me tell you a few tidbits about the business. There are many different suppliers. These suppliers, I'll give you a list of these suppliers that deliver faster. These suppliers are schleppers. These can carry you a little longer on your bill. These want immediate payment. These give more quality merchandise. They have less quality merchandise. These are the machinery you should be using. And this is the thing. And he gives them the whole... he, He literally... Tells him how to set up shop. His son hears him doing this. And when they walk away and he says to him, Tata, 
What's wrong with you? This man's opening up in direct in your competition. And what? And you have a middle give me a share. He's in direct competition, and not only are you not trying to close him down, not only you're not trying to give him an argument for trying to open up, you're going and helping him and setting him up shop. What's wrong with you, Tata? <laughs> he says, My child, what do you understand? Do you not know that on Rish Hashanah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu writes down how much I have to earn. Every Rosh Hashanah, regardless how big my bakery is, small my bakery is, how much competition, how much how this competition, whatever is out there, I only have X amount that I'm going to earn. And Baruch Hashem, I've been bestowed with a nice livelihood for many, many years now. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had pity on me. And he said, you're working too hard. It's time for you to welcome Scranton. It's time for you to cut back a little bit. But my supply, my demand, I have to give up, I have to produce. Ah, says David, sending another bakery. And this other bakery will ease the pressure of the customers because he'll take some of the customers also. But the Parnassah will remain the same. Your income will be the same whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides on Rosh Hashanah. But the workload will be much less because of this fellow. So you mean I shouldn't go thank him for that? I shouldn't be nice to him? Of course I have to be nice to him. This is the attitude of a from Yid. And Yesav HaTzadik has the same attitude with his brothers. As they come down to Mitzrayim, to what we would call his turf, his area. Scranton, just for the record, um, I have to go to the same wedding. We're making Shevet Brachas Monday night for them. <laughs> Yaakov Avino calls in his children. And he calls them in Yikra Yaakov Abonov Vayemer and he says to them, Hey Osfu, gather round. Vagidalachem and I will tell you, what will happen to you at the end of days? Every Chumash Mikra, everyone who ever learned Chumash knows that Yaakov Avinu's intention here was to tell them when Mashiach is coming. And we keep your score at home to Gemara Psachim Nun Vav Omer Aleph, fifty-six side one. I know. For Dafyomi learners, you're still in Brachas. But this is Pesachim, four Mesechtas in.
And the Imam explains the Yaakim wanted to reveal the end of the days <coughs> to his children, but the Shechina, the Divine Presence, withdrew from him. And all of a sudden he was unable to do it. He didn't have the Ruach HaKadosh to tell them. Why? What was he thinking? What did he want to achieve by telling them this information? And if he felt that there was something to, to it by telling them, why did HaKadosh Baruch disapprove? So according to one explanation, Yaakov foresaw that the redemption of Egypt could potentially potentially be the ultimate Mashiach, the ultimate redemption. And after that, Eden would never go to Golos again. It's brought down in the Zohar. And this is what he wanted to reveal to Bnei Yisrael. They knew that the Egyptian exile cannot be more than 400 years, and that it backdates. They had backdated uh, exile, exile mileage. So Yaakov thought he can motivate the Eden that they should maintain their tzitkis and they should merit the complete ultimate redemption when they leave Mitzrayim. And if he knew, if they knew about the final redemption, that it was mamish ot ot ot, this would cause them even to increase and they might save him and bring the complete redemption sooner. Hakadosh Baruch Hu did not have that plan, and therefore Hakadosh Baruch Hu restrained him from revealing this. Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants the highest level of worship, divine worship. To serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu is when it comes from within the person's own self. It's their own initiative. When you drive your tzitkis from within. However, somewhat of a, at one point, if Yaakov would reveal this to them, the secret, it would taint their actual essence of their pnim. Because it would be an outside source inspiring them to do this. It wouldn't be them themselves undertaking this. Echosid had a problem. And um, either they have children or something, I don't remember what the story is. And someone wrote to the Rebbe about it. And the Rebbe said, don't tell them I said this, but I want you to go out on a mission, he said, the Rebbe tells him, and see to it that he grows a beard. If he grows his beard, everything will be okay. But don't tell him I said this. That I repeated several times. Don't tell him this from me. Just convince him to grow a beard. No. That's quite an easy task, not to tell the Rebbe, the Rebbe said so. All of a sudden, tell the guy you need to grow a beard. 
And so he badgered him and badgered and badgered. Please grow your beard, grow your beard. The guy wouldn't budge. One day the guy finally plots and he says, The Rebbe told me to tell you, grow your beard. <gasps> the Rebbe said, uh, He grew his beard. Short while later, this fellow was back in New York and he came to the Rebbe and the Rebbe said, No. He says, yeah, yeah, he has a beard. So the Rebbe says, did you tell him I said so? The guy had no choice, he couldn't lie to the Rebbe. He said, yes, I did. Ah, the Rebbe says, it's a shame. So I showed. Because the Rebbe said, now it's my beard, not his beard. And this is what we're talking about here. That the person who does it and is self-motivated, this is something that he accomplished. Whereas if Yaakov would have said so, then it would have been Yaakov's mitzvahs, Yaakov's merits, Yaakov's tzitkis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that the ultimate geula should be the most perfect and complete redemption. And that is our mission today. To bring that about. Don't say because you're inspired by my words. It's time for everyone to grab the bull by the horn. Everything is set up. We are literally standing by the doorway, by the precipice of Mashiach Tzidkenu. We need to jump in. We need to make that jump. We need to make that push to let Mashiach through and to redeem us, to reveal himself and redeem us and take us all back to Yerushalayim on our own accord. And that will be the most beautiful and the most accepted fashion of Ta'akadosh Baruch Hu. Hi. We have a problem in this week's parasha. And it's extremely, extremely severe. And it's a conversation between Yaakov and Yosef. Yaakov says to Yosef, I need to tell you, I need to confess to you. Mesa Rochel. Rachel Imenu passed away suddenly on the roadside. And I buried her there on the way along the road to Ephras. He based Lachem, which is based Lachem. When does he say this? First he says to Yasef, and we're going to hopefully discuss this, I want you to make sure you don't bury me here. I want to be buried in Maras HaMachpelah. And he makes Yasef swear. We're going to discuss, another the double lush, and Yasef says, okay, and then he says, swear to me, and he has to swear also. Then he tells him, 
But your mother, Rachel, I didn't bury there. She will not be with me in my grave there. That's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Rachel should have been buried in Maras HaMachpelah alongside Yaakov. But Yaakov says to Yosef, one day this is going to serve a very important mission, message for the Jewish children in exile. Jewish people, Rahman al-Islam, will be driven to exile. They'll be hopeless, downtrodden, and they'll pass her grave. Kel Ishma, we discussed this, how the voice of Rachel Imenu will be heard in ha- on high. And she'll be lamenting Rachel will be crying for her children. To which HaKadosh Baruch says, There's reward for your work, and I will turn your children to its own border. And this Yaakov consoles Yosef. Why his mother received a second-rate burial. to comfort her children. And Rachel was prepared to do this, to sacrifice for her children. And Yaakov understands that a woman epitomizes the unique role as a Keres Abayis. Men and women need to serve Hashem. Women don't keep mitzvahs that is man grama. that are time sensitive. Kim score at home is Gemara Kedushin, Chavtes Ahmed Aleph and Ahmed Beis. 29, side A and B. Women are potter from Mitzvah Sashish's Mangrama. They need to tend to the family, to the homes. And therefore they put up with a lot of sacrifices. And the satisfaction and spiritual experience that comes with the observance of these mitzvahs. They serve God instead by nurturing their family. This explains why Yaakov's wives, specifically, out of all the wives, Rachel was buried on the roadside. Because Rachel was Dakeda Sabayis. Even when she passed, her compromised place of burial allowed her to implore on God on behalf of her children 
and where God ultimately guarantees their return home. Picture this, my dear friends. Picture this conversation. How uncomfortable was Yaakov Avinu? Telling Yosef, bury me there, okay, in, in Marasa Machpelah, not here in Mitzrayim. You know what? If Yaakov would have said, bury me in Kever Achel, next to your mother, I hear him. I hear you loud and clear. Sure, Yosef will say, no problem, I'm not going to leave you here. I'll let you be buried next to my mother. But to Marasamachpelah, to the holy place of the holiest, and to the, where you've deserted my mother, justify it however you want. Say what you want. Tell me how great of an idea it was. Amazing. Beautiful. She's going to pray for the ch- It's my mother. I want to come to my parents' caver. I don't have to travel to half the city around. I want to go to your mother and your father. You go to the same cemetery. Unheard of. What does this show? What message is Yaakov giving Yosef about his mother? About how much love there was to Yaakov and Rachel? Father, you said your love is so unconditional and so dear and, t- and trying. And you worked an extra seven years for her, etc., etc., all the things you did. But Father... You didn't bury her in Mara Samachpelo. Although he says this is the divine message. She'd be buried there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told me to. I, I hear you. I hear you. But but I'm human. Yaakov and Rachel ultimately are the ultimate couple. Husband and wife of the Jewish nation. Yaakov was the choice of the fathers, forefathers and Rachel was Ishte Ikris, the main wife. As Yaakov says, Mesa Olai Rachel. It's literally, she died on me. My Akeres Habayis. She uprooted my house. They were to all find points that you can get. They were the ultimate couple. And by Yaakov's request to be brought up to Maras Machpelah, he's looking now for the ultimate holiness that he could possibly achieve. And therefore he wants to be buried after there. Rachel, as we said before, 
applied herself, sacrificed her abnegation, and allowed herself to be buried where she was buried. In order that the Jews should get what they need, and that her prayers of Yeshachar the Fulasech, there is actual reward for what you have done. The difference between Yaakov and Rachel that we find here Ani Nevresi the Shamash is Kaini. I have been created to serve my master. But every single creation, every single person in the world has their mission. The man's mission, as we said before, the mitzvahs and the woman's mission of running a house. And therefore we come to the maila of the women. As we said now, the greatness of the women over the men and the sacrifice that the women have over the men. Great. It's all stories. Man came in to collect for his organization. And the organization did wonderful things, amazing things. And he came to this very wealthy man's house. And he's sitting there in his living room. And he's telling him how the great things that his organization does, how many families they help, children, and clothing, and food, and shelter. And tuition, it's, it's unbelievable. And they have a tremendous budget of hundreds of millions of dollars. The rich man is sitting there mesmerized. Mesmerized. Today you send a, a video on WhatsApp. In those days you had to present it. And the guy did a good presentation. The rich man just is, is in awe. And he starts to tell the man, I bless you. I can't pray enough for you. You guys are amazing. You're a fascinating organization. And he stands up. And the man, the collector, the collector also stands up. And he puts his hand on his shoulder, and the rich man puts his hand on his shoulder and starts walking with him and talking and blessing him and complimenting and complimenting and blessing and the, the, the collector is ready. He's taking me to his safe and he's emptying it into my bag. This is going to be a big kill. As he's walking with him, all of a sudden he finds himself by the front door. And the rich man opens the door for the man to leave. And he says, but, but my organization. So what do you mean? I just praised your organization to high heaven. So the man picks his hand up. And says, tell me here, not here. Put it in the palm. Say what you want. It was a tremendous sacrifice on Rachel's part. Rachel was a tremendous sadekis. 
Thank you, Yaakov. Thank you, Father, for telling me and for reminding me for so many years I haven't seen my mother. But it's not. Where is that ultimate love? Where is that ultimate connection that we used to talk about, that we hear about, that we see, and that's brought, and that's taught? That ultimate love, that unconditional love, that was two-way streets, and all of a sudden, you're showing me that eh, it wasn't so real after all. Because look, you didn't bury her in Maras and Machpelah. And the worst part is how Yaakov knows he's now at Yosef's mercy. And he's telling Yosef, please make sure you don't bury me in Mitzrayim. He went. <laughs> don't bury me in Mitzrayim because there's so many things that happen here. Because of the makas that are going to take place. Because they're going to cause idol worship. They're going to worship my, my my grave. They're going to make me into a god over here because of all the things that I've blessings that I've caused. Yosef says, I will do as you say. So Yaakov doesn't say thank you. He says, Yishavali! Swear to me. Yosef answers, He swears to him. Is your gloves? He's out. What is going on? Is Yaakov not trusting Yosef? Yosef said yes. Why make him swear on top? There's a special entity added by the Shavua, the swearing. A Shavua is totally different than a guarantee. It's different than just guaranteeing. When someone swears about something, it takes upon themselves by swearing, or when a person guarantees. When push comes to shove, I guaranteed it, but it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you. It didn't work out. But if a person swears, <laughs> that's a total different level. What happened? Oh. Why did he do that? He's such a yokel. Okay.
when a person swears, what happened here now? Oh, man. Hold on. Why did this guy do this? Can I try to add to the call? Okay, now I don't know who's on this call anymore. This is not a good thing. Oh boy. Hold on everybody. I gotta hang up and call everybody back. I don't know what I did. Zoom call. Okay, I don't know who's on this call now, who's not. Women, I have Atlanta. No, I have, I have Scranton. Where's Atlanta? Help! It's Grantham, you're here, and I don't know what happened to Atlanta. Or anybody else that's supposed to be on this call. No, it's not working. Hold on, folks. Okay, there's Grantham. There comes you. Okay. No. That's not supposed to happen. Oh yeah, I'm wasting a whole shit now. What happened to our name? recording here. Okay, now let me try this again. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, this is very embarrassing. But everything went crazy here. Okay, I try to call everybody back and see what happens. Anyway. So a person, when they have a shvua, they have no choice in the matter. Yaakovina was not satisfied with only a guarantee. And therefore he requested from Yosef a shvua, to swear. Because he knew in order to fulfill this properly, it would only happen if Yosef actually swore. I don't know where everybody is. Bring the group. Yeah. So we see, therefore, a definitely di- a definite difference. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't know how everybody got lost. Somebody called in in the middle and just disturbed everything. Mute. Please mute. Mute, 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 mute. Mute your phone. I only got back Scranton.
I don't know what's going on. Okay. So we see therefore the difference, the clear difference in Yaakov and Yosef. Yaakov was not agreeing whatsoever to be buried in, in Egypt. Scranton, can you mute, mute your mic? And therefore he says, Unasasani mimitzrayim. Whereas Yosef, his coffin, his Aaron, remained in Mitzrayim. And he only made the Bnei Yisrael swear that when they leave, Pokid Yifkid, you take up my, my bones. It looks like in that case, Yaakov was looking out for himself. Why can't I add a person to this? Add, oops. Add people. One second, I gotta figure out why I can't add people. Yikes. Okay. Anyway. And the first look at this whole issue, it seems that this request of Yaakov Avinu not to be buried in Egypt was simply a selfish thing. His children are still there, in the exile, and he wanted to be taken to Israel. But we can't say that about Yaakov Avinu. We have to say that his being buried buried in Marasa Machpelah was for the well-being of the Jewish nation. If you keep his score at home, Gemara and Brachis, That's more like it for the Tafyomi uh, peoples. Chazal say, "Ein chovish A prisoner doesn't get himself out of prison. Doesn't get himself out of prison. <sighs> In order Yisrael, to be able to leave Egypt, they needed an outside source. An outside source that was not in Egypt. to be able to extract them from there. And who was that? Yaakov Avinu. He was higher than Egypt. Higher than exile. He had no place in Egypt. Only in Eretz Yisrael. And thereby, he was able to 
nurture and help the Jews in Egypt. Yosef, on the other hand, he found himself in exile. He found himself in Egypt. And being there, he gave strength and he strengthened the Jews. Well, on one side, he was in the exile with them. But on the other hand, he strengthened them from within. And therefore, his, his coffin, his Aaron, remains in Egypt. And his merit protected the Jews while they were there. And this is the reason why Yaakov asked to be taken out of Egypt, not to be buried in Egypt, whereas Yosef had his bones remains in Egypt. So now we understand why Yaakov makes Yosef swear. Raise me up higher than Egypt. Yaakov knew that because of the essence of Yosef, which would give the strength for the Jews from within, he could also see to it that even if his father remained in Egypt, that his merit should protect the Jews. Therefore he made him swear to take him out of Egypt. And that way he had no choice anymore except to fulfill what he swore. Without any questions, without any other private or personal thoughts. This is a message for each and every Jew. Even though that in Golis, we know in exile, the Shekhinah is with us. Still in all, each and every Jew needs to scream, Vinasasani Mimitzrayim, raise me up out of here. By believing with strength and with hope from the depth of our souls. And this Kayach will merit to the ultimate redemption, Bimheira Biyameinu. Mamish. And so we approach the end of the Pasha. The Pasha finishes off, and this is how the Chumash Bereshis ends off the passing of Yosef Tzadik. He was put in an Orin in Mitzrayim, in a, in a coffin in Egypt. And it's a very strange way of ending off. Because there's a klal, you keep his score at home, is the end of Masechus Nida, Tesis, it's also Masechus Birochus, Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph 31, side 1, that Messiah and Betev, when you finish a subject, you finish off with a good thing. Should have finished off Sefer Bereshis a few psukim before, saying that Yosef lived 107, 110 years, and he saw children and grand, great grandchildren, children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, 
And the fact that he passes away again, you put in the beginning of Shemais. But since the Torah put the death, the passing of Yosef, at the end of Chumash Chibereshes, we need to see where the Torah is. This now becomes the Mahus, the general the generalization of the entire Sefer Bereshis. The general difference between Sefer Bereshis and all the other Chumashim, Sefer Bereshis tells us about our forefathers and about uh, the Shvatim, which is all a preparation, which is the build-up of the existence of Kal Yisrael. The other Chumashim, in turn, are talking already about Jewish life. What happens to the nation and how one needs to behave as a Jew. And that's why we see the first Rashi in Chumash Bereshis, the famous Rashi. Omer Rabbi Yitzchok Shebe'etzem ha'isa ha'teyret sikhe li'fosach be'mitzvah rishenah Taylor should have started with the first mitzvah. But what did it choose to do? Taylor chose to talk about the creation. Why? To disqualify the claim of the nations. The nations will say to the Jews, list them at them, you are thieves, you took the lands from all the seven nations, and at that point the Jews will say, excuse me, the entire world was created by God. And He gave it to us. He gave it to whoever He wants. At the moment, although He gave it to you, He took it from you and gave it to us. It's a clear point. Torah was not changing the order in which it's written just in order to answer the questions of the non-Jews. There needs to be a strong basis to this whole concept, why the Torah began with this, rather than just to answer the non-Jews. The nations also knew, the Goyim also knew, the concept of Yechudah Shal Am Yisrael, the uniqueness of the Jewish nation. And they knew about the Tafkid, the special mission. But their taina was Tafkid because of this, that the Jews need to involve themselves in the service of God and not to go around claiming land. They're not like all the other nations. They don't need to have land and trees, and forests, and houses, like all the nations. This is, in essence, the complaint that's being filed. The connection between Avedis Hashem and Avedis HaMetzias Agashmis. Serving God, and serving the physical world. To this, the Torah answers, Kol la'aret sha'akadosh barachi. The whole land, the whole world is the Abishas. Also the nations 
are connect are belong to God. And everyone needs to add and to enter, allow to enter the light of holiness. This is what's put upon the Jewish nation to sanctify also the physical realm of the world. Therefore the Sefer Chabreshis begins in this very concept and finishes as well the reason why Yosef's Aaron was left in Mitzrayim not like Yaakov who went up, as we said before, to Israel, was to give the Jews Kayach in Golos. Yosef was in Ba'orin B'Mitzrayim. This shows the strength, symbolizes the strength of the Jewish nation in Egypt, in its restrictions, in an exile. And that's why Seif Bereshus finishes as a Achonah to Am Yisrael, a preparation for the Jewish nation with a special Kayach given to the Jews to bring about the holiness, the godliness within the exile and within Egypt. And with this way, one who can bring about the Jew can overcome all the hardships of the exile and merit to the Geula Amitas Vashlemo as we prepare ourselves now for Yudshvat as we go from Vayechi, which finishes off Vayamas Yosef, why is it repeat again Vayamas Yosef to teach us that Yosef, although he was called in by Parai, as soon as he became royalty, and Parai says, "I can't have you royalty unless you have an Egyptian name." So Parai names him Tzofnas Paneach. Not once does Yosef use that name. Yosef remained Yosef in Egypt, and Yosef Ayamas Yosef. Everybody knew it was Yosef that died. Shame Yisrael Yechuna. The Jewish name which we are given is a Jewish name that we need to carry proudly and loudly and be able to know and connect with our Jewish identity. And if Chas Shalom, a person did not merit to have a bris milah, a man, for whatever reason it was, they should seek to do it, no matter what age they are, so that they can too carry a Jewish name properly. And if a Jewish girl or woman was not named by the Torah, they should see that that should be done, so that they should carry their Hebrew name and with our Hebrew names, the schus, as we say in the next parasha, Shemais, the schus of our Hebrew names, Yidin, Yisrael, Nigolin, Yadhe Nigolin, and we merit the Shabbos in the Gula Mitzvah Shleimah.